Lock and Load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Good morning on this lovely Saturday in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, several things. I've got a special guest here in uh, in the studio that most of you have probably at least heard of. Uh, you should have heard of because uh, he has carried nearly all of the gun bills for the last oh, three or four or five years. Uh, he was the one that was responsible for HB60, uh, both bills last year that got vetoed, and uh, was also very instrumental in uh, the bills this year, uh, HB 292 and uh, 280, and I guess 406. Well, 406 was Allen's, I believe. But yes, sir. At any rate, uh, I have with me today Mr. Uh, Representative uh, Rick Jaspers from Jasper, Georgia, I believe. You bet. And uh, welcome, Rick. I'm glad to be here, Jerry. Get the, I'm, I'm glad get my to opportunity. Have you. I'm glad to have you here. We we just, uh, like I said, one of the things we want to talk about a little bit is some of the legislative uh, work that we did last year, some of the things that we accomplished, and uh, also to get people to know uh, who Rick Jaspers is. Rick Jaspers uh, just kind of appeared on the scene from the gun portion because we had uh, we had Tim Bearden for quite a while there, and then when he got appointed to the public safety uh, down in uh, Forsyth, then he disappeared, and then somebody had to step forth. And uh, Rick Jasper's the guy that stepped forth. Yeah, I was very fortunate to have just be in that, just be able to step in some big shoes, you know, for Tim and, right. and get to have an opportunity to work on this. Well, you had some people that were kind of pushing you to be in those shoes too, so that kind of helped a little bit, I believe. Yeah, well, you know, Tim really worked closely with John Meadows, right? And right. Uh, Chairman Meadows uh, has been my mentor and helpful person in all of this, and has been. If I could pick anybody, it's been uh, he and the and Speaker Ralston have been just great Second Amendment supporters from the very first day when I started in 2010. Right, they've been great. Yes, uh, I think uh, once uh, once uh, Speaker Ralston decided that it was okay to have guns in church, I think he he pretty much made the made the leap over to being a, a really strong supporter. Still, a couple of things we got to work on with him and John, but. You know they they are they have really supported us and they've helped tremendously in getting a lot of these bills passed. So, I don't think you can look at uh, anything we've done. You see right. their handprint, their approval, their encouragement, mm-hmm. their you know, holding hands, and also making resources available through attorneys and, um, and just sometimes just encouragement. Because mm-hmm. as we'll talk, you know, as Jerry knows. You get beat on pretty hard. Yes, you do. This this world here draws the uh, absolute attention of a lot of people. Yes, it does. And people they, that are for you and people that are against you. Amen. And it's, and the ones that are against the Second Amendment can be uh, sometimes the guys that are for the Second Amendment or supposedly for the Second Amendment uh, beat you up more than the ones that that are against the Second Amendment because you didn't go far enough. You didn't. And they don't understand that you're only going to get to go so far each year, no matter what you do. Right, and you're right. But I guess from my perspective, Jerry, I, both sides. I mean, if uh, oh, I've gotten I've gotten a thousand emails in a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably the 
I don't know if that's the record for me or not, but over the past six years, I mean, I've took, we, you, with your help, but I'm just going to just say that front, Georgia Carey has been the, our right hand in all of this and, uh, in helping us get our message out, making sure I'm, my message is clear. You mm-hmm. know, I, I give a shout out to my constituent, Jeff Anderson. You're right. Jeff you know, was... up in Jasper with me, just practicing. I remember the first, uh, bill I had, like, was it five, four seventy five or five seventy five? You know, bill that went all the way to that was uh, the one that signing die that you know, we just couldn't get it out of the Senate. Yeah, with the conference committee right, report, right. and you know that year, I think Jeff and I did a lot of just one on one, just practicing. Mm-hmm. You know, talking to the media, talking mm-hmm. to others, making sure my message when I said something. It was clear, right. and Jeff was just great, a friend well, he, for all of us. You know, he does a lot of work with me, too. Uh, I say for me. I mean, he does it on his own volition. I don't ask him to do it. But if I do ask him, of course, he would be more than happy to do it. But he sends me texts, and he sends me stories, and he sends me things. And, and he is is out front in a lot of the media that you see floating around. And he will send me things and say, hey, you may hear about this, you may hear about that, and, and gives me a little background that, that I wouldn't normally have, perhaps, because I'd have to be doing the same thing he's doing in order to get it. Well, and it's hard, you know, I agree, you know, that's something I learned during, uh, you know, the past five years. There is a lot of different, information's coming at you, Jerry, from a lot of different right. directions. And having somebody like Jeff Anderson for me was very valuable because he could help me filter it. Right. And knowing what, you know, hey, this is important, this isn't, be clearer. Right. You know, make sure you're, you need to say this. You know, it, it, it was great. I yeah. mean, because I, I think the legislature, you, you know what you know, and there's a whole lot you don't know. Right. Well, and, uh, <laughs> one of the things about Jeff, I had him on the program here uh, earlier this year. He was, uh, well, right. I was going to have him as one of the first guests that I had, but it, Turned out with his uh, with his illness, he couldn't make it for a while, and then had him on. And we talked about his story, and and you know his story, and other people do too. The guy was, uh, I think, thirty eight years old before he ever even registered to vote. Had never been in politics whatsoever. Got involved with Georgia Kerry because of an incident that he had that uh, he wondered if he had broken the law by uh, deflecting a, a possible burglary. Uh, from him while or an attack while he was in the car waiting for his dad to come out of a liquor store and uh he got to looking at the laws and trying to figure out what he did if he did anything wrong found out about georgia Carey, started reading on him and then the next thing you know uh he was taking our advice about getting active in politics and that's when he met you yeah. that was the first year that you were running sure and uh he went up met you y'all liked each other and uh, matter of fact, I'll never forget. There's a picture somewhere, and I think I have it, of uh, you and Jeff standing next to each other. Now, Rick is about six foot what? Five, five four. four yeah. Okay. And Jeff <laughs> is about five, seven, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something along those lines. There's a picture of the two of you, and I believe he's standing on the curb, and you're standing next to him, and you're still a foot taller than he is. Well, there's a good picture of him helping me during my general election that you're cutting up watermelons giving them away as mm-hmm. a campaign thing and so jeff you know found out my stance on second amendment issues right. then helped me be elected and right. it's been a great friend ever since we've had a great partnership and right. i appreciate you jeff and and that's one of the things that i try to tell people that this is how you get things done you go find somebody that you like and that you want to try to get to 
to be your representative, and you go work with them, and the next thing you know, you're good buddies yeah. because they appreciate it. I mean, I know you appreciate Jeff, and Jeff appreciates the fact that he can come to you and get straight answers. Yeah. You know, and, and everybody in politics knows you can't always give a straight answer. Well, yeah, and I think— Because you have to be careful about what you say because you can mess other people up, and it's it's really tough sometimes to— to kind of weave through. Some well, I'll of that. tell you, you know, I think um, you know, we vote on lots of different issues, and some of them you vote on based on a relationship, right? Yeah, because you got to trust somebody sometime, and and I could always trust him. This mm-hmm. information was, in, and, and Georgia Carey too, and I, and I think that I hope that's where people are with me in relationship to Second Amendment issues in the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Straightforward, honest, just tell it like it is. Right. Not trying to. You know, I do have a pro Second Amendment. That's the way I am. Right. But that's where we're at. And, right. Uh, and I think I've gained the trust of. I think you have most I, of them. I, in fact, in fact, <laughs> I I made the statement uh, after HB sixty, the guns everywhere bill. Oh that, yeah. You know, where we were going to have blood in the streets again and all that kind of good stuff. And I all, I don't remember how many people were supposed to die, but we're still waiting for them to get close oh, to that number. Oh, this will be terrible. And. Uh, I remember uh, that year we named you as the legislator of the year. And I said at the convention when we gave you that plaque, if you remember, I said, I watched this young man grow up last year. Yeah. Because you took a lot of heat over the whole thing. We both did. Yes, sir. We were busy from from the time we almost got it introduced till it was signed into law, and then some even after that. Yeah. And um, – I know you and I did a lot of talking about this guy's going to call or whatever so that we were on the right page. And, yes. And we were on the right page. We really didn't have to keep in touch with each other to be on the right page, but we just wanted to make sure that that the message was clear. And yeah. uh, and that's what we did. And, you know, I was amazed, Jerry. We had people from Germany, from oh, yeah. Holland, from yep. South America come to here to right. talk to us because right. they'd heard all this. And in the end, they were like, oh. Yeah. Oh, what's that's what deal? you're doing. Yeah, oh, what's a big deal? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Usually I would even tell people if I had the opportunity to explain House Bill 60 to them, they'd be for it. Right, right. You know, but in the, you know, but. Well, I, at that time, I had a young lady from AJC tell me that uh, after we had a lot of talks about, well, you know, this and this and this, and I would explain it to her. And she said, you know, she said, I, she said, when I hear it from you, <laughs> it doesn't bother me," she said. I, "I, it's okay when I hear you when I'm thinking about you doing this, but when I think about some of these other people, it scares me to death." Yeah. And I said, "Well, it shouldn't, because the people that are going to do it are going to do it anyway." Right. Uh, so, uh, and I, I said, I just I kind of thought that was funny. It's like, well, she's talked to me enough now that she can trust me, but other people she hadn't talked to, so she can't trust them. Well, I know but, you had Alan Powell on last week, and he and I just totally agree that. Georgia Carey has been a great partner in all this and making sure that we're doing reasonable. And I think that's what John Meadows would say, making sure things that we say are reasonable right. and doable. Right. Uh, we're going to have to step out here for a commercial break. Uh, go to georgiacarey.org for uh, our, all the information on Georgia Carey. You can go to newstalk1160.com, download the commercial-free podcast of this program, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. 
Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Jerry Henry with uh, Representative Rick Jaspers. We were talking before we left the, the uh, before we took the break there for the commercial, and we were talking uh, slightly before that about the reward that uh, the award that we gave Rick for legislative every year. And he brought up another award or two that he had gotten from uh, from someone else. Would you explain that one, Rick? Well, you know the. <laughs> Creative Loafing, which is an Atlanta urban magazine, gives right. out the sleaze awards. You know, those are the legislators they think that do sleazy things. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I've had the fortune to win it twice. Wow. And, uh, plus they, they pick other people too, but, you know, I had the chance to win it, uh, for 60 and a different year and then this year. Good. Which is fine. I mean, you know, let, 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 they're paying attention down there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, they pick, uh, you know, about five or six legislators, you know, Representative Ballinger and I won it this past year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just great. I think it is too. And I've got them framed. I, I do have them framed at home, the little, the cover and then my picture, the statement about me yeah. in it. So this <laughs> makes me smile as every time well, I walk you, by it. You know, we, uh, the year that, uh, that we made you legislator of the year, we also gave you a, a little, uh, certificate that says that you are yeah. a, was it a special member? Yeah. I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, because that's what the moms called you and Alan said y'all were special members at georgiacarry.org. Yes. And so we made up a, a, a little certificate saying that y'all were special members at georgiacarry.org because I didn't know we had one until they mentioned it. And so I wanted to make sure that, that you had the proper, proper notification of that award. Yeah, we had, we had a lot of fun discussing that with them. You know, this past year, you know, with, um, or the year before with Campus Carry, you know, we had a lot of good interaction with them trying to explain our position, mm-hmm. um, to moms, to the different groups. So, you know, ladies generally very sincere, you know, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to explain what we really were trying to do, right. not what they had gotten in um, bullet points or information from Bloomberg or whoever, right. but what are we trying to do? Right. Why are we trying to do right. it? You know, what's our purpose? You know, and I think we made some headway with a few of them just trying to well, but I think they've just been so listened to the propaganda on right. their side, they couldn't listen. And right. That was, uh, but we tried. I, and I think we, you know, I, I was never afraid to go up to their table and, you know, uh, let's talk about this. Sure, sure. They, um, although I didn't, I didn't see them in the presence last year as they were the year before. It seemed like they, their their fervor kind of slowed down a little bit, which is what happens with groups like. Bloomberg's group because they're not true grassroots people. Mm. They're not, they're fighting for something. Uh, they're fighting against something and it's, it's easy to, to fight against something. And, yeah. and you fight against it and you think, okay, I've won and turn around and walk off. We fight for something every day and our rights are always on the line. Yeah. So we don't give up. And, and so many other, other groups do. And, and I'm thankful for that, as a matter of fact, as long as they're the gun control groups. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think what we try to have one consistent message. If you listen to Representative Ballinger, Alan Powell, myself, very clear, we're for good Georgians. Right. You know, we're for their ability to protect themselves. That's correct. We're for, you know, I don't know your situation. And I would tell them, I don't know anything about you. I don't know what's happened to you in the last two weeks, but I want to give you if you choose to, the right to protect yourself. Oh, yeah. And they were just, I said, no, no, you think about yourself. Right. Think about the other people right. in your life you know. 
And we tried to make it personal. Right. And uh, I think we did a good job with it. I think we've just been consistent. There's, they've been consistently pull your hair out, right. scream, this right. is going to be terrible. Right. But it's not. No. Nope. Because as you and I know, or statistics, I think this year especially, we used statistics that your organization helped us round up. Mm-hmm. Round up's the wrong word, but get together, get together. and Compile. print and put out there that this is what's really going on. Right. Not – the scare tactics, this is the actual numbers. This is what's happened in other states right. that have done this. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Nothing. And that same thing had happened here. You know. When we started off with HB 89, which was Tim Bearden's first bill yeah. with us, uh, you know, that was going to cause uh, all kinds of melee. We were, we were going to yeah. – uh, We matter of fact, it, it, that allowed us to carry into restaurants that served alcohol. You couldn't drink. Yeah. Couldn't go into the bar, but you could go into a place like Applebee's where they have a bar out in the middle and you could sit there and eat. And they didn't like that because that meant that somebody's going to, they were afraid that somebody was going to drop a a chicken finger on the floor and they're going to draw for it, you know. And if the, if the waitress brought our waiter or waitress, the wait staff brought a steak that was not cooked properly, that somebody pull a gun on them, shoot them. None of that stuff ever happened. It was never going to happen. And it's the same thing here. They get so involved in, involved in these emotional could-happens that never happen, right. and that's what they fight against. Yeah. And we sit here and try to be a, a gentleman about it and keep on going, and, and things just don't happen like the way they said it was going to happen. Yeah, I'd love to uh, go back, even in my bills that I've had, go back and look at the newspaper comments and, and Tim's bills the same way. Mm-hmm. And, and just, it'll be fun to accumulate all they said and then what really happened. Well, yeah. And you'd see very, very little. And, oh, yeah. And I know something someday's going to happen in that, but that's just what it is. But I'm, I'm just proud to have been part of it. It's been, it's been a great learning experience for me to work with a great activist group that's very sincere and very clear in their message. And, uh, well, we try to be. We yeah. try to be. We try to do just, uh, just what we say, we don't try to blow smoke. We we give you what we what we feel, what we know, and and what we have seen in the past. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you matter of fact, you can go back to some of those uh, things if you remember. Uh, Hank Huckabee has testified against every bill. He didn't testify against this bill because he wasn't there. Yeah. But all the other bills he testified against. We can't have it. Well, in in twenty ten. SB 308 allowed us to have a firearm on campus in our vehicle if you had a Georgia weapons license. Yeah. And uh, well, at that time, I think it was a Georgia firearms license. That's about the same time we went to the Georgia weapons license. But uh, he testified that he did not want that on their campus because a student could get upset in class, go down to his car, come back with his gun, and blow everybody away. That didn't happen. In 2014, when we talked about campus carry, he stood there at the same podium and said, we have a good policy now that works well. You can keep it in their car, and they're not, you know, that's that's a good policy now. Well, four years before, it was a horrible policy. Yeah. And I think four years from now, the policy we have right now is going to be a good policy. Yeah. And I think, you know, can't speak for them, but I know that they're under political pressure to sure. say what they've got to sure. say. and. um I know. I look forward to good Georgians yep. and doing the right thing and being able to protect themselves and being wise, and um, and we'll be fine. I was at a uh, 
I was at a Second Amendment meeting with the Bar Association. I'll tell you the story, uh, talking about the difference in the in the two groups. And, and there was a, a lady that was an anti there, and I won't say who she is because uh, I don't want to really embarrass her, but I probably could if I wanted to. Uh, she started talking about threats that she was getting from gun owners because of the work that she's done. And uh, when she got through and we had a break, I walked over to her and I said, well, don't feel like the Lone Ranger. I get threats, too. I've gotten threats from people all over the country. And uh, you know what her response was? Yeah, but you got a gun. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, well, well, yeah, that we uh, sure do. Hey, well, you know. <laughs> now you understand it. Yeah, just kind of a. And we, of, and we, you know, I think your group, especially, and uh, there are other groups out there, has have been the um, very congenial. I mean, I've, I, you the know, voice I of get, reason. Yeah, I mean, just when a constituent contacts me. I mean, we haven't done everything people want, and right. you know, it's just hard to. But and this is never in an attacking mode. You know, when I speak to groups, I talk to all of them. You know, whoever it is, you mm-hmm. know, attack us. Don't come on, talk with us as reason, right? And make sure you're articulating what you really want, right? So we can talk about it. But uh, you know, that we've I've got some good. I've got I have Jerry. I have a voicemail. My number one voicemail on my home telephone. Is somebody from out of state in response to House Bill 60. And I've kept it because mm-hmm. I love to listen to it. <laughs> Talking about how dumb I am yeah. and how smart they were oh, in, yeah. in Florida. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And how dumb we were. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I just keep it. And I giggle about it every now and then. Yeah. And I tell Marsha, please don't erase number yeah. one. Well, I mean, <laughs> so I just, because I've, I've kept it. I should have kept two or three others. But yeah. it's been fun. But I've, I've enjoyed working on this. And we look forward to continuing sure. to work on sure. it. We're not, we're not through by any means. No. We've still got things to do. Um, and in, in, in that, we're coming up to a break here. But I want to mention a couple of things. Number one, uh, Georgia Carey continues to do this work. And, and there's a lot of people that think that the job is just about over because we've got most of the places off limits that we wanted off limits are taken care of. However, you got to understand that when the legislature changes back to the progressives, then you're going to have to be fighting and we need to stay engaged. Otherwise, we're going to lose the whole thing. So go to georgiacarry.org. You can join. You can renew. You can find out exactly what we're doing. Uh, go to newstalk1160.com for the to download the free podcast and commercial free podcast and we will be right back. And now, back to georgiacarry.org radio with georgiacarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to georgiacarry.org radio hour. Jerry Henry once again with uh, Representative Rick Jaspers, we were talking uh, just before the break about uh, being engaged and staying engaged, and uh, I can't, I cannot, uh, I cannot reinforce how important that is and how much more important it's going to be in the coming years. Uh, as we continue to move forward, it will be even a greater challenge to keep them once we get them and keeping them. You know, if we'd been able to keep them easily the first time, we wouldn't be here fighting for them now. Oh, so right. we've got to stay engaged, 
get active and do what we need to do to see to it that we keep these rights uh, the way they are. Well, you y'all that are listening to this, you missed it. Jerry's pounding on the table. <laughs> but, they might have heard that. Yeah, they might have heard that. But, <laughs> but, but I'm just going to reinforce what you say. You know, you know we're, many of us, we all have about 55,000 people. Some of us have one counties and some of us, I have three counties I work in. But your membership needs to know that they've got to be the eyes and ears in their local community. You know, we're going to work on stuff statewide. But where I see the challenges, you know, is it currently is locally mm-hmm. where, you know, county commissioners or a city council is just messing with it. You know, though right. we have a lot of preemption law in there, they're still messing with yep, it in, in their own little ways. And, you know, that's where your membership becomes real effective. You know, we're, we tend not to try to get messing around in sure. what a city and county's doing. Sure. But they can't. Right. And and we do that. We have several people. I get emails all the time. Uh, got one right now, in fact, from uh, uh, the, I don't know, the seafood thing in uh, Savannah. They're, they're having a festival down there uh, in October, and they said you can't have farms there. And it's in a county. It's in a city park. Yeah. But you can't have uh, farms there. And they say they're going to have uh, patrolmen and dogs going around sniffing. And... Uh, We've just written them a letter and said, you can't do that. You know, you can't stop us from doing that. Right. And we explain why they can't, so we're kind of waiting for their their response on that. Yeah. See, that's uh, where y'all are so valuable. And I I I hope your membership understands that, is it may not be in your backyard today, but it's going to be. That's correct. And it's, you know, we can do with the state and the big broad brushes, but, boy, that's the battle is in local. Right. And and those of – if there's new members, some of the new members may not remember this or may not ever know it, and some of the older members might have forgotten it. But uh, we got our start doing that. We got our start, our first big victory. Uh, we, we won several things. We uh, sued the probate courts because they weren't uh, issuing licenses on time, according to statutes. Uh, but one of the biggest things we did was uh, county to county had a local ordinance that said you couldn't carry a farm into a county park. We said, well, wait a minute. You can't, you don't have that control. And uh, Ed Stone, who was the president at that time, went to the city council or the county commissioners and kept telling them, look, you're, you're violating the law. You're violating the law, and we need you to stop it. And he said, you know, if you don't, we're going to have to sue you. And they said, well, go ahead and sue us. Well, we did. And the first court agreed with, uh, with Noonan, or with the uh, Kaida, in that the Kaida stance was that the that uh, 173 statute was not um, was a little vague and kind of hard to understand. <laughs> the appeals court came back and said, if you can't understand that statute, you probably shouldn't be issuing any kind of ordinances whatsoever. Basically, Ooh. and that we won that. Well, when we started that, we had also contacted. There were nine counties around Atlanta here that had the same ordinances. And we started contacting them. And they said, well, we'll wait and see what the Court of Appeals said. And when the Court of Appeals came back and said, Georgia Carey is right, then everybody fell into line except Atlanta. And Atlanta said, no, we still got that right. And uh, we'll just see in court. And we went to court. And when the court was over, the judge told the city of Atlanta that uh, if she found out that they had arrested anybody else for carrying a firearm in their park, 
that she would hold them in contempt of her court. Yeah. So that pretty well stopped that. And that's that's one of the things that we've done to uh, continue the preemption. And we've also worked from time to time to expand it a little bit more because uh, in some ways it, it is a little bit vague because we've left some of the people out that, that should be included in that. Sure. Well, I think I know in my community Jeff Anderson was very eloquent in getting our parks I mean, because the commissioners had done the same thing. Mm-hmm. But he is a member. You'd have to come to get me to go do it. He is a member. Right. I think through y'all's training and what you all talk about and, and – took care of it and did well yeah we've had a lot of members that just go on their own they may tell us that they're going to go and we say fine go ahead yeah Uh, we don't we don't normally get our our membership involved in a county that they don't live in yeah you know uh, we we may from time to time ask them to go uh, support ranges and things of that nature that that they're having hearings on because the ranges affect everybody in those uh, those counties and the outlying counties as well and uh, so we but if it has something to do with the county commissioner wanting to do this or do that or what have you, then we encourage the people in that particular county to go talk to them. And most of the time, they get things straightened out without Georgia Carey having to get involved. Sure. And that's because they were willing to go do it. They were willing to sit down and write the letter. And a lot of times, that's all it takes is a letter to a commissioner that says, hey, you're violating this law. Yeah. And they... Well, I hope you come back and say, okay. Yeah, and I hope we're clear to your members that, you know, they've got, that's why being a member of your organization is important because they'll know. Right. They'll be able to act. Right. Because lots of little things are out there. And, uh, oh, yeah. Which makes it fun to be a part of, you know, because then you get to do something with it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, There, that is, that's definitely true. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about Rick Jaspers. You, you've not always been a state representative, but you've always done something. Yep, are I have you, always done something. Are I, you from the mountains I'm, originally? I'm, I'm from East Tennessee. Oh, really? Grew up, uh, just, my dad was a pharmacist, worked in a little small town pharmacy, had a soda fountain, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Got to set with a policeman, eat lunch, you know, we had a good time. It's a great environment growing up, but mm-hmm. went to the University of Georgia like he did and, uh, from Tennessee, didn't know anybody and just was perfect. Had a good education in agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent 30 years as a county agricultural agent. Mm-hmm. You advise them. And the easiest way I tell people what I did is if you wanted to kill it or make it grow, <laughs> you, you called me because <laughs> I could do it, tell you how to do it. Any kind of plant, animal, bug, whatever, or, you know, or make it grow. It's on the same thing. Right. And so I spent a career doing that. It's great fun. I mean, just wonderful. Right. Work with farmers and 4-H get, kids and get FFA to know a lot of kids. people. I'm sure. Oh yeah, you get to know everybody. Yeah, and because uh, they all have problems, and sure. if you're open and want to help them, they'll come to you. Yeah. So I had a great career doing that, and uh, during the budget downturn, they wanted to let a lot of us old guys go, and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't old, but I'd had my time in, so I got out. And then, uh, fortunately, my sweetheart, well, a wife, Marcia. And that she is, I'll tell you, I'll if you have been married. Mar- married a long time, 30-something years, probably 35 now. But um, when Tom Graves ran for Congress, his mm-hmm. seat came open, was mine. And, you know, for the longest time, I didn't do anything about it. These All these other people were in this race, right. and they were running, and they were putting their signs up. And uh, one day on a walk from my office to the courthouse, one of my friends said, you need to do that. And it just clicked. I said, well. Maybe I do. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I never thought about it because I really hadn't. Yeah. Didn't see myself at doing this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talked to Marsha, went and talked to a couple other people, you know, and I, and I did. I tell a story. I made a list of 10 people. I wrote them down and, they, and I went to see each of those 10 people in about four days, mm-hmm. three or four days. Not all of them in my county, a couple in Gordon County, which is who I was working in, mm-hmm. in Bartow. And I said to myself, if any one of them says no, that they wouldn't support me, I'm out. And they all did. And mm. so, you know, that was good enough for Marsha because I, she really worried about it because, mm-hmm. you know, you're putting yourself out there in sure, a different sure. world. When, you know, as a Garland Penholster was my state representative one time, and I talked to him about it. He said, Rick, you spent your whole life making people happy <laughs> and doing good and you're fixing to spend the rest of your life making people mad. <laughs> And I think my good friend Garland was right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and uh, but make some happy, some mad. But it's uh, but you and did that, and then just had a great time. Had three kids. A couple of them live here in Atlanta. One mm-hmm. lives in Warner Robins. Yeah, and uh, we just had fun. Good. Well, Unfortunately, my dog died last oh, year, no. so I'm out of dog right now, oh, which, no. is, which is not good. But we'll we'll remedy that yeah. here maybe in August. Yeah. <laughs> Because we live out on a little farm, have a big garden, yeah, and uh, have a gun shooting range in the back. Yep. Got a couple of refrigerators and piles of wood and stuff to shoot at. Yep, we just have it. It's just wonderful. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. that that's uh, that's the way it ought to be at this stage of our lives. Yeah, of course, you're not quite at my stage, but uh, nope. But I can tell you exactly how long I've been married. I don't have to guess. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> sorry, Marcia. <laughs> Uh, we're coming up to another break here, this uh, third seg- segment here, and it, this uh, has gone by pretty quickly, but uh, we're having fun, and uh, we're going to continue to do so. I want to remind you, go to georgiacarry.org. You can uh, renew. You can join up. Uh, you can go to newstalk1160.com and download the commercial-free podcast. You can follow us at Georgia Carry on Twitter, and I'm at gotyourback64, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Jerry Henry once again with uh, Representative Rick Jaspers. So um, we were t- we've talked before the break about how uh, Rick just kind of fell into this. He and you know it's amazing the number of times that that happens with a lot of people. They they weren't going down that road at all. Didn't even think about it. And all of a sudden, there you are. And here you are as as your old state representative said, making a lot of people mad. But you're making a whole lot of people happy too. Oh yeah. So there's always more to the good well, side. And I, and I tell folks when I was running for this house seat, you know, it, it was great. People ask you two questions. And you got to go back to 2010, put yourself in the world we were in mm-hmm. in 2010. Where do you stand? I mean, I hit the table then. That was me. Yeah. Where do you stand on the Second Amendment? Right. We want to know. Right. I mean, it wouldn't even talk to you. Go knock on somebody's door. Yeah. That's what they want to talk about. And so that kind of, you know, when Mr. Meadows and I talked about what I was going to do, so I said my most important thing was the people where I live up in mm-hmm. the 12th district at the time, 11th district now. That's what they wanted to know. Right. They want to make sure that whoever they sat down there was looking out for them 
period. Right. That was it. And, right. and that, fortunately, I've had the opportunity to do that. Right. And, uh, and work real hard at it. And then, but I do have, you know, up in my district, there are people that don't like that we've done sure. that. I think it, for, and a lot of state representatives do. I mean, I'm very fortunate to be in a district that promotes freedom. They want people to do what right. they want to. But a lot of them aren't. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, sometimes voting for a Second Amendment bill for some state representatives is tough. Right. Because they're in these districts that are 53% Republican, 54, mm-hmm. or trending the other way, right. you know, going down to 51 or 49. Right. And it's tough for them. Right. Because, you know, that, and, but, but a lot of them do. A lot of them stick by that principles. Right. And, you know, that's why I'm, you know, uh, Whenever I can help one of those guys, I absolutely yeah. do. Well, most of them, I think, do. I know I know a lot of people you're talking about, and I know some of them that, that have never voted for a gun bill won't vote for a gun bill. Yeah. And some of it's because of that, and I think some of it's because of their their feelings about it. Sure. But, but an awful lot of, of the people that vote against our gun bills have carry permits and carry. I mean, if you stop, <laughs> look over on the other side of the aisle know, over there. Know. You know, and the people that are, are always wanting us to – to have mandatory training. They've got a Georgia weapons license, and they carry. They don't have the training. They haven't gone and got that yet, but I'm sure they're going to. And if right. it ever gets into law, then they would have to. But, sure. you know. Uh, and we've all, I think, and I'm glad that we both, we have all been very firm on that. That right. we're not going there. And that's really given a lot of people heartburn. That Because there's a lot of folks that would like for us to institute some kind of training. Sure. And, and I'm glad that you guys have been firm. On that, because well, it really helps me be firm, right. and I appreciate well, well, it. Well, we, you know, my opinion is, and I, my opinion is pretty much what Georgia Carries is, and not because I'm with Georgia Carries, it's just that when, when we first started talking about it, when I first got involved with it, that's the way I felt about it. Uh, number one, as I've said in many occasions, there's nobody in this state that can tell me what training I need. Hmm. Can't do it, I, other than me. I can do it. Nobody else can. I can't tell you what training you need. So how can I come up with some government program that says you've got to go get this training? And when you do that, and and it's been proven in other states that when a state requires you to take six hours, four hours, eight hours of training or so, you get three, you get this little certificate. And the state tells you, hey, you know how to handle a firearm now. You are qualified. I don't need any more training because the state of Texas or Georgia or whoever it is, said that I'm qualified. And that is a dangerous situation to me because I look at it as I need to know this, what if this comes up. And when you see things happening nowadays that happen all the time on a regular basis, you say, gee, would I be prepared for that? I can go get training to get prepared for that. And I would. But if I were in a state where I had my little certificate from the state, I wouldn't worry about it because the state has taken care of me. They yeah. have made sure that I'm proficient, right. and nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, well, I think yes. So, you know, in the last bill, two ninety two, the last paragraph, or the last little section was about protecting those who train us. Right. You know, right. So, so they're not liable if you go off and do something dumb. Right. And because I think all of us agree that if you have a weapon, you should know how to use it. Sure. You should work at it. Certainly. I mean, you know, not. We shoot at our house. My wife shoots. I mean, we do, you know, just to make well, we, sure. We shoot at my house. My wife doesn't. My oh. wife refuses to do so. She's <laughs> she's afraid she'll shoot her foot off. But she, anytime we go out anywhere, she makes sure that I've got my firearm with her, with me and her, you just right. in case. 
But uh, she says, no, I'm, I'm married Jerry. He'll take care of me. He's That's been true. doing it for 45 years. That's so true. We'll uh, go from there. But, but, you know, like in Jasper, I'm real fortunate up there. We've got a couple of guys, that are three or four, that work really hard at training the public. Mm-hmm. We've got a brand-new Appalachian Gun and Pond. is building a great new facility. Ralph and Kim Fitz are building this beautiful new Good. shooting range. Mm-hmm. With the, you know, they do pond and, and weapon sales, too. And so, you know, and those things have proliferated across our state. Sure. Where people can go shoot. Sure. Can, you know, get with somebody that needs to do a little training. Yeah. And, and make them comfortable. Right. Yeah. Well, not everybody, not everybody is as fortunate as you and I and have a little bit of land where we can go shoot. Right. On. And, um, and a matter of fact, I'm, I'm in a, an area where they built a subdivision right across the street from me. And, uh, one of the things that I've done since that subdivision came in is I go out and shoot pretty regular down by the lake. Yeah. And uh, I openly carry when I get out of my truck. Every time I go in the driveway, I get out of my truck, go to the mailbox, make sure that that there's nothing or if there is something in the mail, I get it. And people see that come out of that subdivision because the entrance is right across from my driveway. Oh. <laughs> they see me openly carrying. They hear the shooting down there, and nobody bothers me. That's the way it ought to be. I mean, and that's the way it that. ought to be. With Even without the shooting, that's the way yeah. it ought to be. But uh, – it's one of those things that, that, you know, everybody waves, and I don't think I met three people over there. Yeah. But uh, it, it's just a, a nice nice place to be as far as I'm concerned. Yay. And then we go out and fish and catch a big old bass every once in a while. I'll have to come do that come sometime. Come on. Well, my, but I think, you know, we, where we're at, do everybody working together. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, in the Senate, too, you know, with uh, we've got some great partners in the Senate that have helped us move. Yeah, Some and they bills through. and they have in the last. You know, we used to say that that the Senate was where good bi- gun bills went to die, <laughs> but the last uh, the last two or three years, that's not been the case. As a matter of fact, the last uh, two years, every bill has been uh, uh, embossed. Is that it? Engrossed. Engrossed. Excuse yeah. me. Engrossed. Uh, I just went blank for a minute. <laughs> you know, at my age though, that happens. But all the bills have been engrossed in, in to where there could be no changes on them. Yeah. And that brings up something, too. You know, we're still so far behind in training people on what goes on at the Capitol. People, for some reason, need to, I think they need to go watch the, the, uh, the, uh, what was the show they used to have, the Alphabet Rock, where they, oh, you know, how, you know, how bills was made. Yeah, how <laughs> bills made. We need to watch that. But I got an email that I've told, talked about several times that, this guy, I, I sent out an email that said that, H, that HB 292 and 280 were in the Rules Committee of the Senate. I got an email from this guy that says, but you never said why they were in the Rules Committee. And these politicians are in there Changing the killing rules. our bills, you know, <laughs> killing our bills. They're going to change all this stuff. And uh, and went so far as to say that uh, he was a member of another group and that he was going to stay with that one. He wanted away from us because we were allowing the politicians to make all these changes. So I wrote him back in my best politically correct manner and said, the reason they're in the the Rules Committee is because that's where they have to go. Every bill that goes to the floor has to go through the Rules Committee. And when it gets, and I said, it's not going to be changed in the Rules Committee, which it wasn't. And I said, and when it goes back to the House, it's got to go through the Rules Committee. Yeah. You know, nothing's happening, but they, they people just don't seem to understand the the process and I don't know how we get that across to a lot of people we we need to do that but I don't know how we do that I don't know either I mean yeah because it 
I like it because it's a very open process. And if people are listening now, they need to know that there's not very much backroom dealing no. goes on. I mean, because no. you, you've got to, if you're going to change a build, you got to do it in the public. That's correct. And there's very little of that that goes on, and um, which is good. And I, but I think some groups like to say backroom deal, oh, blah, yeah. blah, blah, yeah. just to kind of incite people. But it really doesn't. Nope. I mean, just in, in Georgia – it's just different like that. Yep. And I think we're very open and I think we're not scared of what we're doing. No, it's mainly no. it. I'm not. And, and, I'm and not. I think people that, that feel that way just ought to take a day off and come down and visit. Yeah. I mean, you I'm, should be, you should know your representative for one thing. The other thing is you need to come down and visit them and let them know how you feel about yeah, things. You need to get that, that contact you're saying is most important. It's very important. But, uh, and you know, <laughs> Uh, last year, we were called, by the way, we being GeorgiaCarry.org, were called the largest gun control group in the state of Georgia. How does that make you feel? <laughs> <Gun control group. laughs> yep, that's us, gun control. Hey, Lordy. <laughs> okay, well, uh, Rick, uh, we've come to an end here, and I really want to thank you for being down here. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for giving me a ride, too. You're quite welcome. <laughs> anytime, <laughs> anytime that uh, your car breaks down, I'll be more than happy to pick you up and bring you to the radio station. <laughs> okay. I want to remind you one more time, georgiacarry.org, for renewals or or, uh, new membership, uh, commercial-free podcast, newstalk1160.com. I am at gotyourback64 on um, Twitter, and you can follow us at georgiacarry. We will be back next week. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only, on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.